Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Becoming Unassailable podcast. This podcast is all about building a highly effective aligned leadership team so that your organization can thrive amidst change and disruption. My name is Mark Kenny, strategic team and leadership advisor, and each episode will tackle a challenge that, are, that is keeping your executive or leadership team from embracing forward change together. In this episode, we're going to talk about organizational health. What does it mean for your organization to be healthy? How do you create a healthy organization? What are the disciplines of a healthy organization? Because building a healthy organization is what improves retention, reduces unnecessarily pol unnecessary politics and confusion, improves morale, increases results. And if you are experiencing issues such as turnover, politics, silos, and inability to move quickly, maybe you feel stuck, confused, there's frustration, this episode is for you. Now, I'm not going to spill the beans as what organizational health means. I'm going to do that with my guest today, who is Zach Wilcox. And my conversation with Zach was fun because Zach and I both studied under Patrick Lencioni under the Table Group's Kappa Pro program, and we both are big fans of Pat's organizational health model. Zach is the founder of Wilcox Consulting. He has over 15 years of experience in leadership roles across a variety of sectors. He's hired over 200 team members across his career, been responsible for arm onboarding most of those employees as well. And we are going to have a conversation today about what organizational health is and what it's meant to some of the clients that Zach has served. So before we get to the conversation, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with someone else. And I have a gift for you. If you will go to my website, which is markkennyspeaks.com, that's K-E-N-N-Y, forward slash resources, there are a few resources there for you to download that can help as you are working to build a highly effective aligned team yourself. And stay for the end. I have one more offer for you. And let's get to the conversation. Zach Wilcox, thank you so much for joining me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to it as well. So, so I have a question for you. You work, we, we both work in in organizational health and you've done a lot of work in now or, you, or you're, you're passionate about that. I see your posts and so forth. So I want to start off, what is organizational health? That's a good question. Uh, to know what organizational health is, I think you also, you have to look at the other side first, which is what is a smart organization? And smart organizations uh, you know, I, I think every business out there is smart, you know, because if you're not, you're going to be, you're going to be going out of business in, in, in a matter of weeks, you know, so smart organizations are really good at the day-to-day, the -day, you know, can you do your marketing? You know, are you good at making widgets? Uh, you know, can you get customers into the store? Like those kinds of things are the smart mm -hmm. side of the business. The healthy side of the business is much more difficult to measure and so it's often really overlooked um, because it's much more difficult to work on and to spend time in because it's uh, soft. Um, organizational health is about the productivity. So increasing productivity, increasing morale, um, reducing turnover, reducing politics in the organization. And, and I would define politics in an organization as saying things 
so that you're perceived in a certain way instead of saying things that are true. So when I say politics, okay. that's, that's what I mean. And if you want to create a healthy organization, those are the kinds of things that you really want to focus on because every organization, I already said this, every organization is smart. So why are some organizations super successful while others are like just struggling, you know? And I really believe that the, the gap, you know, 98% of the time is organizational health. Yeah. That other 2% of the time, it's because someone has come out with a brand new product and it's this, this really new fancy thing and they're miles ahead of the marketplace. But if they're not healthy, you'll see in five years, they're going to regress back to the mean. They're going to, they're going to come back this way because they haven't been focusing on the healthy stuff. So e even if you can get temporary advantages out of completely focusing on that smart, you're going to lose it over time if you're not also healthy. <laughs> love it. Love it. And Give credit where it's due. A lot of this is coming from Patrick Lencioni's model, yep. like such as his book, The Advantage. In fact, yep. he's all about organizational health. And you and I have both been practitioners of that. And that's why I was really looking forward to this conversation because like you're you're all in an organizational health sack. So I, so I love that. So someone's out there and they're thinking, well, that's great. Obviously, I want to improve our retention, morale and, and all those things. What does that even mean? Like, how do I go about doing that? What, what would be a first step for me to, to make my organization healthy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right, of course. Um, if you want to take that first step and you're not really sure where to start, I would highly recommend Patrick Lencioni's book, The Advantage. It's an amazing book that really does outline organizational health and what it is and where to go. But even if you read that book, you can still be overwhelmed um, about all of the stuff that it encompasses because organizational health, you know, if you do read that book, you'll kind of see it really affects every facet of our business. Mm -hmm. um, so I would, I would really focus on think of your business and what's the biggest pain point you have. Is it turnover? Is it productivity? You know, are you uh, falling behind the marketplace because you don't have enough new ideas or, or you don't, you know, know what the, the marketplace is needing. I would focus on your biggest issue, say, okay, what can we do here? You know, um, I also think that you as the leader, Mr. or Mrs. CEO, um, have to be the ignition for the change. You have to be the one spearheading that and leading that uh, to, to make it most effective. Um, and if you are listening to this and you're in the mid-level manager ranks, or maybe you're a frontline employee, you can still make a difference. Um, something that Pat says, Patrick Lencioni, that I love is don't assume that your leader is leading in the way that they want to. You know, sometimes we just don't realize that, that we have these gaps in our leadership. So go up to them and yeah. say, hey, did you know that when you say this, it actually is really detrimental to our morale? Or did you know when you do this, it actually has the opposite effect of, of what you intend? Most people are going to really take that and be like, wow, thank you. I had no idea. Um, because by and large, usually people aren't willing to step into the danger and, and to say things like that because it feels a little awkward and it feels difficult. But almost all of us crave that feedback. We want to be better and we want to do better. High performers always want that feedback and they always want to improve. So if you're willing to give someone that, you're going to be a really valuable resource to them. Especially if it's given in love and humility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so 
so I feel like a lot of leaders are like, yeah, we're uh, uh, let's take retention, for example, because that's everyone's talking about retention and and trying to find workers and trying to keep workers and and managers. I've been reading lately about an exodus of managers, like mid-level managers and supervisors and directors. Um, you worked with, so one of the folks that you worked with uh, improved retention dramatically by really focus, focusing on some of the disciplines of organizational health. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what what was their process? What, what did they go through over that multi-month period to, to really make a dramatic improvement in retention? Yeah. So uh, one of the clients, one of our, you know, one of my favorite stories as far as retention. So we started working with a company, they're a construction company um, and they had their turnover was about uh, 32%. If I remember right. Um, and over the course of 18 months, we were able to take that 32% turnover down to 5%, uh, which is, you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars that that's saved, you know, in, in, in lost, time in training and lost productivity. Like that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, and, and I, I love that story because not only do you have you, have you lost, you know, financially a lot of, uh, a lot of resources, uh, by losing that many people, but you lose continuity in the team, team morale goes down. You know, when, when we talk about organizational health, all of those things, when you've got really high turnover, it really hits the organizational health side too. So, so what was, what was some of the things that they did? To, like, what were some of the first things they did to really start to turn that that ship? Yeah. So the very first thing that we did with them, uh, and these this is uh, Patrick Lencioni's work, is is called the ideal team player, and it really helps us identify um, who um, like who among the people on your team is an ideal team player. And there's three there's three components to that, right? You have to be hungry, humble, and people smart, um, and and. So, you know, really quickly, I'll do a really quick overview, but, but hungry people, it's, it's basically like strong work ethic, but a little more than that. It's also excited for challenges, excited, being excited for something new, excited for the next thing. Humble is, is pretty straightforward, you know, being able to admit you're wrong, um, being able to say, wow, you're better at me than, better at me than that. Uh, but it's also embracing your strengths too. Sometimes uh, when we're talking about humility, we think it's all about the other people. But sometimes mm-hmm, right. really humble people also have to step up and say, hey, I'm great at this. I can help the team in this way. And if you don't, you're actually hurting the team by depriving them of your strengths. Right. And then the last one being people smart is, is just kind of knowing how and what it's kind of like emotional intelligence. It's knowing how how you say is going to affect other people. You know, if I say this, this situation it's going to you know, mean this to this person. If I say this in this situation, it's going to be taken completely differently. So, so really kind of knowing uh, how you come across to the people around you. And if you can do all three of those things well, um, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be a fantastic person on any team right? Um, because people are going to love working with you. You're really good with people. You get a lot of stuff done. You're always giving credit to others. Like those are the kinds of people that we really want to have. So by focusing first on those three things, they really were able to, to restrict people that were coming onto their team um, to make sure that they were those ideal team players. They weren't bringing in the wrong people anymore. That's a really big factor when you're talking about turnover. The first step is to stop bringing in the wrong people. And this was one of those tools that really helped us help them uh, do that well. Uh, so let's go, keep going. Oh, there, there were other things we did as well in that well, process. Can I stop you, can I stop you just for there, Jack, because I want to make this dichotomy. This is really good. So, yeah. so what I'm, 
I, I totally concur. What I'm what I'm getting is a, a lot of folks when they're thinking turnover and retention, they're thinking, okay, how are we paying people? Um, how you know what is our onboarding process? Are we appreciating people? You know all these things. But what you're saying is, do we have a, a good team? Like, do we have the right team players to create a team environment? That's the first step, and that seems very different. To me, and I totally concur because we do similar types of things. That's very different than a lot of the thinking out there. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, to your point about money, I think it's very rare. It's not. It's not uh, unheard of, but it's rare for people to to genuinely be leaving a job because of money. I know the jobs that I have hated. I, I if I quit and they ask me why, I'll try to give them you know some responses. But money is almost never one of the real reasons that I'm leaving. You know, the right. job that I might, the, the job I might be going to might be paying me more. But if I loved where I'm working, it's going to take a lot of money to pry me away from that. You know, it, usually people don't leave jobs because of money um, or, you know. Assuming that the money is at least relatively close, I would. Yes. I would say, or or not a, yeah. not a deal breaker. Yeah. There's a bottom line where we all have to make enough to pay our bills and feed our family and, and save money for retirement. But it's not, it's not a motivating factor um, usually uh, in when people are in why people are leaving their jobs. Right. You're saying they they're leaving because they don't enjoy the environment. There's not joy exactly. there. It's not they're exactly. frustrated or they don't feel like their team is really a team or yeah. those types of exactly. things. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so love this. So first big thing I think is what you're recommending is let's get the right team players. Let's start working on the team yep. and really get a team environment with the right people. Yep. Um, and I know there's a, there's a lot of places we could go there, but that's the first mindset shift. I think is what you're saying. What, yep. what would be next after that? We've worked on the team. What would be next after, after that? Yeah. Again, so I, I'm a big believer, again, that that um, organizational health is not prescriptive, right? So this is the process that I went through with this client, but it could look different for you. You know, that's, so, that's so I, I, yes. you know, I want to emphasize that too. So for, yeah. for you out there listening, um, if you think, hey, you know, I want to switch steps three and one, great, do it. Whatever you think is going to be best in your situation, um, these are just helpful tools that that we applied for this specific situation. Um, so the next thing we did though, in answer to your question, is we started working on the leadership team of that organization and helping them to become more cohesive, helping them to work together, to have greater trust, to be able to have really healthy conflict. Um, their conflict was essentially non-existent. They, they didn't really argue with each other about ideas. They didn't talk about the really important things that had to be talked about because uh, in a lot of ways, they wanted to be liked uh, and they didn't want to get things right. And, and I think that's, that is, um, well, let me take that back. They wanted to get things right, but a, a byproduct of wanting to be liked is usually you don't get them right because you're not saying the things that need to be said. Uh, you're, you're not entering into the danger. And when I say entering the danger, I mean entering those awkward kind of uncomfortable it's situations. Uncomfortable. Right. And no one likes, you know, those uncomfortable situations and it feels dangerous to me. That's why, you know, and again, that phrase is from, you know, Pat Lencioni that I've stolen, 
Um, but it feels, it just resonates with me when I hear it. It feels so dangerous when you enter into those situations, like, Oh, I don't know how I should proceed. Um, but, but really all of that is, is the next step that we took because it was so important to make sure that they're aligned and they're cohesive in what they're thinking and what they're saying and what they're doing, because if they're not, it's going to be really hard to make change kind of anywhere else. So number one, they need to be cohesive. Number two, you use the word aligned. Like they need to be like that. We're all committed this. We're going in the same direction instead of moving in different directions. Yeah. Um, that's really good. How do you get aligned? Like what, what do I need to get aligned around? Well, so one of the model again, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, I'm peppering you with all these questions, Zach. No, no, it's great. It's great. I love it. You know, I, again, I love, I, I'm such a big believer in organizational health and I yeah. love it and I get fired up by it because I've seen it work. You know, I yeah. see it work time and time and time again. And I know it makes a huge difference in people's lives, in all of my clients' lives. And so I, I, I yeah, I, I love, I love the questions. Um, when I, when I say aligned, kind of what I think is making sure that, that there are some really critical questions that we're answering. Um, and again, if you've read the advantage or if you read it, you'll see this is these six questions are, are in Pat's book. Um, and I think they're really critical to, to getting aligned um, as a team and making sure that we are rowing in the same direction. Right. The first question is why do we exist? Right. This is really philosophical kind of high level not, it's not tactical at all. It's not about what we do. It's about why we're doing it. The second question is, how will we behave? And this is, this is a, a really important piece. I think a lot of consultants and a lot of companies, when they think about core values, they think about things that are important. And, they'll, and so they'll say, you know, honesty, integrity, uh, customer service, and those things are important. But let me ask you, do you ever want to work with, a, you know, uh, work for or with uh, an organization that doesn't have good customer service or that doesn't have integrity or that isn't honest. Everybody's going to say that. Exactly. Like, ever, ever, that's, those are table stakes. There's a permission to play kind of stuff that you have to have to be in the conversation. Okay. How, how we behave then is one step further and what's going to differentiate us from everyone else. Right. What's going to make us different, uh, which, which is good because all organizations are different. But I think sometimes we want to be like Facebook or we want to be like Google or we want to be like Tesla or whatever, because they're the big name and they're the successful name. Whereas that's a terrible idea to approach it because you can't be Facebook. That's a really good point, Zach. It's like getting clarity. So everybody knows this is what makes us different. This is who we are. This is how we're going to be successful. Okay, go go ahead. You said there were, what are some of the other questions? Yeah. So, so, um, also, the fifth question, I'll skip down to question five. I think it's one of the most practically relevant is what's most important right now. And a lot of times, in fact, almost always when I go into with a client and I say, hey, what's most important right now? Don't tell me out loud, write it down on a piece of paper. What's most important right now? There, I'm going to get, you know, six, seven, eight answers, depending on how big the team is that I'm working with. Um, <laughs> no, that and, never and, happens, Zach. Come on. Everybody <laughs> knows what's important right now. Well, you would think so. No, you, but you would think so. You would think that with organizations that, that have hundreds of employees and millions, if not billions of dollar, dollars in revenue and budget and those kinds of things that they would be aligned around this stuff. But the, you know, the fact is that they're just not. You know, I was talking with a CEO last week of a, 
you know, 400 person organization, I think it is, uh, and they do millions, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, they didn't have a clear, cohesive answer to this question, what's most important right now? Right. Because so many of them see themselves as individuals and they're not looking at the team as a whole. And that's such an important piece. And so when I say cohesive, getting the team, making the team cohesive first, that's, that's about, Hey, we're a team first. You know, I'm not the head of marketing. I'm not the head of, you know, it, I'm not the head of, uh, the, I'm not the CFO, you know, all of those different things. It's so easy to say, this is my department. This is my area. So this is what's most important to me. Helping them make that shift to what's best for the organization is a really, really, really important piece to this. Um, and then we'll also set up successful what's most important right now, which is going to drive the organization forward. Um, but too often it's, it's, you know, in my lane, I'm doing my thing, I'm focused on my stuff. And so the organization is trying to get pulled in several different ways uh, and it just doesn't work. So they end up drowning. Love that. You're speaking my language, Zach. Love it. You're right on. I, I, I think it's important to draw out, you know, a lot of companies don't do this. But I, I think it's, oh, I was going to say it's okay. It's not that it's okay. It's understandable. So I want to give a little empathy there because, I mean, look how much companies have been through, yeah. how much change, how much volatility. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people I talk to, I mean, their folks are doing the work of one and a half, two, three, four people, depending on what industry and what company you're in. I mean, it's been hard. Yeah. So I, so I want to acknowledge that, but also yeah. to say that the way out of that isn't, and kind of repeat back what you're saying in a different way, it's not continuing to do the same things. It's really taking, putting some effort into this uncomfortable work of getting the team cohesive, getting them aligned around what's most important and the, yep. and the other questions, some of which you, you alluded to, and thinking about the team more than myself. I'm not an individual. I'm part of a team. What's best for the team? What's best for the organization? Yeah. That those are the types of disciplines, if you will. I know Pat calls them disciplines that are going to have the impact that you that your client experience with retention and morale and productivity. And I know we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg there, but but um so I think what you are saying is we really need to change our thinking is and do things differently. These are the things that are going to make a difference. Not yeah. not money, not the same things we've been looking at, you know, all th all throughout. We really need to get healthy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People businesses have been looking at the smart side of the equation for hundreds of years. You know, and it's only yeah. the emphasis on the smart side of the, the business is only getting greater. Yes. Unfortunately, it's just not making a difference. It's just right. not. People are still struggling. CEOs still feel like they're drowning. They're, <coughs> excuse me. There are still cultures out there that are, that are awful. Um, you know, Theranos is, is a very recent example of a really toxic, unhealthy leader and culture of an organization uh, and not that everyone in Theranos was bad, but but the idea is is um, she was so focused on the smart side of the business that it completely drowned. It, it completely mm -hmm. drowned her, and she lost all sight of of what a healthy organization would look like. You know, because we start lying to ourselves and we have to start convincing ourselves that we're doing the right thing 
that this is where we have to go. And so it's, it's, it's the sunk cost fallacy, right? I put this much time into it. So I might as well just keep going, but it's not working. So we have to find something different. Um, and, and I absolutely believe that organizational health is that something different that will actually differentiate you and, and make you so much more successful. I concur, Zach. I've, I've seen the same thing. This is a great conversation. And I would say, you know, there's there's a lot of more subtle examples where it's like we just feel stuck or we just, yeah. we're not quite sure what to do, but we're just not healthy. We're, we're, yeah. And it's the same, it's the same answer. Yeah. Zach, I feel like I could talk to you for like a couple hours about this. And Likewise. I love your passion on this because I agree this stuff works. Thank you for sharing a little bit with us. Um, give me a sentence or two on on what you do, how to contact you. We'll put that in the show notes as well, but but give us a sentence or two on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm the senior consultant for organizational health at Insight Consulting Solutions, uh, which basically is just a fancy way of saying I'm I, I'm the lead on all org health consulting, um, which I which I love. Um, you can contact me uh, z a c w at insightconsultingsolutions.com. Zach. Great conversation. Thank you for, so much for taking the time to talk with, with me and sharing your insights here today. Thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Hello, everyone. Mark here. For some of you that want to go deeper to build a highly effective team, a highly aligned team, and maybe you're just lacking that action plan to know exactly how to do that, I am launching a new program, a team alignment program, where we meet virtually for five weeks and you will walk away with a plan and assessment for your team and know exactly how to build a highly effective and highly aligned team. If that is you, head over to my website, markkennyspeaks.com forward slash align my team and find some details as well as a link to get in touch so we can have a meaningful conversation around what that looks like and if that is the right program for you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and go build a great team.